0: Welcome to Diverse, the podcast of the Society of Women Engineers. SWE supports the advancement of women in engineering and technology. You can find all of our podcasts on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and SWE's blog, All Together, at altogether.swee.org. Looking for more information and data on women in engineering? Head over to research.swe.org and review the groundbreaking research that SWE has been conducting. SWE's research efforts include reporting on women of color in engineering and how community colleges may play a role in getting more women to graduate with engineering degrees. You can also check out the annual SWE Literature Review in SweE Magazine's State of Women in Engineering issue.
1: Hi, I'm Jessica Rano. I served as the FY17 President of the Society of Women Engineers welcome to SWE's diverse podcast series today we're recording live at we 19 in Anaheim California we are here with 16,000 engineers isn't it crazy and it's there's just so much energy and just so many people here it's like it, and the weathers beautiful here is. I don't know I'm from Ohio so I'm excited I'm from to Oregon. be here I <laughs> I'm joined here today by Sierra Reed, Product Marketing Engineer at Intel. Sierra just gave a talk in the WE19 Member Center titled Job Crafting 101, Simple Steps to Creating Your Own Career. Thanks for joining us today, Sierra. Thank you so much for having me. So first off, can you tell us more about yourself, things like your educational background and what you do at Intel?
2: Yeah, so I studied uh, an interesting mix of computer engineering and business and entrepreneurship in school. So I came from Intel parents, um, always knew I wanted to work in tech, and, but wasn't quite sure what that would look like, so I had gone to computer camps, and I, in my uh, school search realized that um, one of the local universities within the Pacific Northwest, so Gonzaga University, had an engineering major where you could get an engineering degree, but also a business minor. And that really stood out to me because I knew I wanted to work in tech, but I had a feeling I didn't want to code all the time
0: (laughs) understandable
2: um yeah so I went to Gonzaga and studied computer engineering had a business minor also joined an entrepreneurship uh, cohort which was fantastic best four years and really found this love for the intersection of um, business and tech and understanding technical concepts but not coding and being more on the kind of customer side so that's where product marketing came in and what I do now Wow, an
1: interesting combination it of is, all yeah. your worlds. So. Interdisciplinary. Yeah, so this is your first Sweet Conference, it is, right? Yes. So welcome. Thank uh, you. It's this so is, exciting to be here. I think this is my twentieth. Wow, <laughs> which That's is a lot. Yeah. So it's amazing how much it's grown over the years. So yeah. what do you think about the conference and your first impression of being here? I
2: mean, it's fantastic. There's something that is so amazing about being in the room and. Um, looking around and being in the majority instead of the minority, (laughs) which is pretty cool. And I love that this is, you know, there's women in hard hats, there's women in med scrubs, there's computer engineers, there's all sorts of engineering, because at the end of the day, we're solving problems, and that's what we come together about. And the diversity in the sessions that have been offered and the programming and everything has just been so cool to see. Yeah. I'm usually just in tech, so it's <laughs> yeah. nice to break out a little bit. It's nice
1: having that mix of there is some technical things here if you're yes. interested in them, but then there's also a lot of professional development yeah. which you may not have the chance to have, yep. you know, exactly. typical work conferences exactly. specific to a major or a field. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So you d- and you also. Just recently got involved in SWE through Intel. Can did, you talk yeah. a little bit about why Intel is uh, involved in SWE? I know they've been a longtime sponsor. I mean, as long as yes. I can remember in the 25 years I've been a member. They
2: have been. Um, and a lot of it actually came from uh, my best friend. So we uh, met in middle school and both love science and tech. And she went to University of Utah and was super involved in SWE and their collegiate section. I think she's won national awards. She's awesome huge inspiration, and then she ended up following me to Intel, um, which was kind of fun, but she's on the manufacturing side, so we're at the same company in very different worlds, <laughs> and I've slowly, through her, met amazing women at Intel who are also involved in SWE, and I've started to go to some of the events within um, the Columbia River section, and she'll be president next year, which is so exciting, so um, best friend, uh, kind of tagging along for some of that, but it's been really cool. Intel has such a strong network for women in tech. And we're really passionate about that across the external groups that we're involved with, like SWE and Grace Hopper, as well as our own internal um, women in tech groups like Women at Intel. So it's been fun to find cohorts and groups of women wherever you go. And you really never feel alone despite being in a male-dominated industry.
1: That's great. You know, having that support is really important as Mm -hmm. you at all aspects of your career from when, you you know, the keynote this morning talked about that, finding your squad and having that group that can support you throughout your career. Yeah,
2: it's so cool. We had Intel had an info talk yesterday and one of the, um, I think she's been a former SWE president, but she's now um, the technical assistant for my VP, (laughs) which is pretty cool. And she was talking about being a new mom and recently having a baby. And I'm only 20 That's a long ways off. But it's so cool to know that uh, there's this amazing group that you can go to for things like that someday. And she's just been so willing to share her experience and what it's like to have this crazy job role where she's traveling all the time and she's also being a new mom. And it's like that's something that hopefully I'll experience someday. But it's nice to know that you've got that
1: support network there. You can find someone that's been there before you. (laughs) Yeah, you know, the Pioneers of SWE, when SWE was formed almost 70 years ago, they, they didn't necessarily have that so it's a oh, great yeah. resource that you know you're not alone anymore there's always yes. going to be someone that's been there yeah before yeah. you and my mom's it.
2: been fantastic it she was in tech too and giving me her perspective but it's it's kind of fun to be like but mom things have changed a little bit <laughs> <laughs> she'll hate me saying that but like, um you know i love your perspective and here's some cool things and it's a awesome network though that comes out of that so
1: Excellent. So let's talk a little bit about your presentation today that was uh, about job crafting. Yeah. Can you uh, talk a little bit about it and um, what you shared with the audience that was here today in the member center?
2: Yeah. So I did a quick kind of 20, 30 minute, I guess you could call it a lightning talk on job crafting. And uh, this is something that's super important to me because I think a lot of times we underestimate the power that we have over controlling our own careers and keeping kind of our destiny in our own hands, so to say. And uh, and that's where job crafting can really come in. It's another super awesome tool to have in kind of your career dev toolbox and it's something that's really resonated with me being at Intel for only like four and a half years now kind of right out of school and I learned about job crafting through one of my amazing mentors who actually brought it to Intel so uh, Vicki Mueller Espinosa is um, I call her my fairy godmother at work <laughs> but she's been fantastic and we had a conversation one day over coffee at work and she was like "Sarah, I don't think you realize it but you're job crafting because I was describing to her how I kind of took on some opportunities, but tweak them slightly so they better fit with what I wanted to do and my career goals. And she's like, that's actually called something. (laughs) Wow. It's job (laughs) crafting. And she's like, I actually teach a whole workshop on it um, because it came out of the University of Michigan School of Business, the Ross School of Business, and they have a center for positive organization. And they came up with job crafting, or at least the theory behind it. And there's a full kind of three-hour formal workshop. But Vicky and I um, started talking, and I was like, I think this is something that we could almost take on the road. And we could condense down into kind of bite-sized information. And so we first took it to Grace Hopper and did a one-hour workshop there. And then we've condensed it further to like a 20-minute talk, which we've taken around staff meetings and stuff at oh, work. Oh, that's good. It's, it's catching on like fire, let me tell you, Um, Because it really resonates with people and I think knowing that there's terms for what you've been doing or what you're hoping to do and sort of understanding the techniques and stuff behind it really resonates with people. Uh, So the talk today was really focusing um, on what job crafting is and then the three main techniques behind it which are task crafting, Uh, relational crafting and cognitive crafting and how exactly you can start to change and make small tweaks to your job activities with those techniques.
1: Can you talk a little bit more about those three different uh, ways of crafting? Yeah so the cool thing
2: about them is it's not really a one-size-fits-all model where you do have these three techniques but based on your tasks you can use all of the techniques maybe one technique works best Um, and that's what's fun because you get to have a little creativity as you kind of go through and Um, start to almost engineer your your job role a little bit. But uh, with task crafting, it's really about changing the activity itself. So you could change the frequency of it. Um, Maybe you actually eliminate it. Maybe you assign it to somebody else and you take a task on from them. Um, And that one is just more about the, the actual activity itself and what you're really doing with that kind of task. And then relational crafting, which is a super fun one, is all about the people. So changing who you do the task with or maybe who you don't do the task with. Um, both can be important. <laughs> both can be important. A fun analogy I think for thinking of this one is if, imagine we have like a box of Funfetti cake go with it. And, and I'm like, okay, I want you to make a cake. It's probably pretty easy for you as one person to go off and make that cake. If I tell you six other people are going to make that cake with you, that's going to get a lot more complicated, a lot faster. It's probably easier to do that solo. Mm -hmm. Unless we set it up where you put the cake in the bowl. And then this person that just walked by is going to put the eggs in the bowl. And then I'm going to put the butter and the sugar in the bowl. And we're all doing solo tasks as part of a larger task, um, where that will be a lot more. Kind of easier and less likely to turn people into food fights. No, yeah,
1: people aren't overlapping <laughs> exactly. each other and cramming so in all, the kitchen. <laughs>
2: yes, so it's all about managing the people around you with the task. But a fun aspect of this one too is learning from each other, which I think is so important. And that for the most part, um, even when we're working in areas of innovative tech. Or in areas of innovative engineering, probably somebody's done that or you know been there, done that before. Mm-hmm. And so, what can we learn from each other to add that human element into what we're doing without having to without having them do the task? You're still the one doing the task at the end of the day. Uh, so that's a fun aspect of it too. And then cognitive crafting. This one's my favorite because it's all about mindset. Okay. <laughs> and I think we really underestimate the power of mindset and what mindset can do for us. So this could be uh, looking at a task or something you have to do, but thinking about the social impact. Is it gonna protect somebody someday because your code is going into, you know, the automatic brake system of a car and could save somebody's life? Is it um, having an impact on climate change, which is an area you're really passionate about? Mm -hmm. Um, I work in gaming and I'm so passionate about having more diversity in gaming and all of the anti-toxicity that is happening or the toxic behavior so how do we have anti-toxicity in that space Uh, so that's something that's a big motivator for me Um, career impacts can be a big motivator for people I am hundred percent driven by for impacts and um, reaching my career goals and things like that as well and then uh, sometimes just understanding the necessity of doing a task it's probably the least favorite one for people but sometimes you have to do the email and go through email because if you didn't I'm pretty sure the world would collapse in like 10 minutes if we all stopped doing email so we have to do it but that the understanding of the necessity and what it leads to mm-hmm. um, can sometimes just be the motivation you need to do it.
1: So how have you found job crafting to be helpful as you've begun your career?
2: Yeah, it's been um, it's been so helpful. And the cool thing, I think, is that I actually started off doing it sort of unconsciously. <laughs> That's what um, it sounded like, is, yeah. Which, bless Vicki for kind of pointing that out to me, because... Uh, I've always loved having sort of the awareness of career dev and the awareness of yourself and what you enjoy doing and what you don't enjoy doing. And I love career development workshops. I'm a learner at heart. So career development has been something where it's like, oh, there's so much for me to learn. (laughs) Uh, But the cool thing about it is as I've gotten further in my career to the point where um, it's less asking for opportunities and opportunities being brought to me Mm -hmm. um, just because of being established and having a skill set and everything is as I take on new opportunities, from the get-go, I can have them crafted to be um, beneficial for me and to provide the most meaning. So I can know that like, okay, I need to work with other people on this because despite being an introvert, I'm an extrovert at work. And if you put me in a cube by myself and nobody to talk to, I'm going to be real sad (laughs) and it's not going to be helpful for anybody. So what's the human element in what I'm doing or what do I need to make sure relationally is, is in that task? Or is this going to achieve a career goal? Or is this something that I'm just doing busy work for somebody else? That might not be the best task for me then. Uh, So being able to start to um, preemptively think of those things and then continue to do check-ins and just always make sure I'm aligned with my values and my strengths and my passions because at the end of the day, that's where you're going to find your purpose and your meaningfulness and the work that you do.
1: Yeah, you want to enjoy what you're doing. We spend a lot of hours at work to to not enjoy what you're doing.
2: And a lot of it comes from um, Isaac. I started off my talk with this, but kind of what drives me with career development is challenging the status quo that you have to be miserable for the 20 whatever years it takes you to achieve a dream job. Like, point blank, I think it's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> that, you, <think> that <laughs> exactly. you have to be miserable. Like, what is that about? So I, one, I would love to be a VP at Intel someday. That's my career goal but I'm not going to be miserable for the 20-whatever years. I, I say 15. I'm going to yeah. do it in 15. Because
1: I think sometimes um, <laughs> when people think that it's they need to just push through this, when they get to that next step, they're not happy in that either no. because you're leading up to it. The lead-up step should yeah, also be something you enjoy exactly. doing. Exactly.
2: Your intentions are wrong. Your mindset is wrong. And so we can use job crafting and other techniques to make sure that we have dream jobs along the way to that goal job. And um, I do a lot of mentoring with like recent college grads and interns who, rightfully so, have come into the company or coming into an industry and it's just not quite the right position for them but maybe there's things that we can tweak or we can at least find that passion area for for them because um, I believe if you bring passion anything we can teach you how to do anything <laughs> so bring that and we can get you where you need to go because we want to keep people in this space we want to keep people in tech um, and engineers in this space and if it's not the right fit that's okay you don't have to be guilty about that um, it's as much you know societal things or whatever kind of comes into being that um, but we can get you there.
1: So as you've delivered this presentation I know you had a few people lining up after your talk here today to talk about it and you said you've been taking it on the road with like um, meetings at work or you know um, department meetings. What a reaction have you gotten from people as you've delivered this yeah uh, so information. Far it's,
2: it's been a lot of aha moments which has been awesome um it's a lot of people realizing kind of what I did the first time which is oh my gosh there's words and theory and real execution um and steps to doing this and I think at the end of the day we all have some understanding of like what I enjoy doing and what I don't jo- don't enjoy doing and what makes work, you know, when you leave work with that like spring in your step and you can't wait to get back, what is it that happened that day or that week that got you there? Um, and so I think a lot for a lot of people it's kind of this moment of uh we call it career empowerment, but understanding that you have that ownership and that power over your career and that can be, that's where that empowerment comes from. is is knowing that you have tools. There are people out there doing research into the space to make sure that you can be successful. Um, And you don't have to be on your own. You can get coaches to help you through it. Uh, But a lot of that does have to come from the drive within you. And I think sometimes it's um, a little frightening for people to realize (laughs) like, oh crap, I haven't had that drive, so I probably need to have that drive. Um, But sometimes that's the realization that it takes. And that ownership.
1: <laughs> well, I'd like to thank you for talking yeah, thank today. You so much. I'm sh- I know the uh, people attending We 19 were glad to have you share your well, message. Thank you. It's been super fun. And it's, you know, one thing about SWE is there's so many things going on at one time. So yes. it's <laughs> always nice, this is going to be nice for people to follow up afterwards with a podcast yeah. about something that they may have been in the job fair or someplace else at oh, conference definitely. to catch up on. So yeah,
2: I hope it's helpful for people and they can just walk away remembering like you have ownership of your career, you have power over your career. Um, and go find that meaningfulness and happiness will come.
1: Thank you again for joining us at WE19 and sharing your message with the attendees here. I'm Jessica Ranno For all of us at SWE, thank you for listening and for enjoying SWE's diverse podcast series.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes or like your favorite episodes on SoundCloud. If you have not already made plans to be part of the largest gathering of women engineers in the world, visit our WE19 conference site at we19.swe.org. Information on housing, registration, keynote speakers, and more is now available. See you there!